I'm Adam Epstein, and I'm a dirty moderate. Dirty Moderates, it's Thursday. We just finished the fifth day of the House Select Committee to investigate January 6th. As you know, uh, we've been covering it live on our Twitter page and then making that available, the entire uh, hearing and my commentary available in podcast form. Um, I want to thank all of you who've been listening to the podcast overall, but those who've joined us for my coverage uh, I would say my uh, intro, a uh, little intermezzo, and then postscript, because mainly we allow you to see the hearings without me, um, without me providing uh, my own uh, my own commentary soundtrack. But of course, I do weigh in there as I do every uh, episode. Of course, every week here on Stay Dirty, Stay Moderate. So, uh, folks. You've been great, and the podcast has really taken off, and that's thanks to you. So I did want to take a chance to thank all of you who've been uh, sending our download numbers uh, into the stratosphere, and uh, our our reputation uh, grows and grows in the best of ways. And uh, we hope that we at Dirty Moderate here are giving you not partisanship and not dogma, as we provided uh, a point of view that is not tethered to ideology. And as we promised from the beginning, right? Yeah, I'm an opinion maker, but I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a member of any political party. I'm an American, and I synthesize a hybrid of views. You might even say sometimes they contradict each other because that's human nature. That's nuance. That's complexity. And I know many of you might be Democrats. Many might be Republicans. In fact, I know many of you are both. Many of you might be uh, independence like I am, but I hope you're all dirty moderates and seeing why democracy survives only if we converse, only if we agree uh, to disagree. But, and this is the big but, democracy doesn't survive if we can't agree on basic truths. And that's what we have learned since these hearings have began, since they began, um, not just through the whole Trump era, but what we've been witnessing is the depth of the treachery, right? The, the extent and the, and the lengths to which Trump and a group of committed conspiracy theorists, people who are seditionists and traitors, went far and deep and wide to try to nullify a very, very, very sacred idea. We in America have it. It's called we the people. It's called consent of the governed. That's what they were trying to nullify that the majority of this country, and this is the fact, despite the loud MAGA minority and the sometimes clownish um, and often very annoying leftist minority, we the people transcends ideology. It does not bind itself to a party because it's foundational to this two and a half century old experiment called America. And why does that matter? Not just because Trump lost the 2020 election, hasn't been able to accept that and tried to enlist the help of all sorts of people, not the least of which was the Department of Justice, wouldn't go along. But for a guy named Jeffrey Clark, who declared himself or was declared acting attorney general on January 3rd, three days before the insurrection, even though he was not that, there was an acting attorney general. Most of the Department of Justice we learned today 
was going to resign en masse if the DOJ saw fit, which they did not. Jeffrey Rosen, former acting, de- uh, former acting AG, Deputy AG, former Deputy AG uh, Richard Donahue, and head of legal counsel, um, Stephen Engel, they said no. They were a doorstop. That's what they were. Because a majority of people, and I can't say this enough, a majority of people, 81 million, voted Trump out. They voted for Joe Biden. Hard to believe we're still talking about this. But again, Donald Trump is the first incumbent to lose re-election since Bill Clinton defeated George Herbert Walker Bush, Bush 41, and made him a one-term. A man who gracefully conceded and left a note as every president does on their desk, saying, I wish you well. Allegedly, Trump left a note to Biden. We don't know what it says, but he certainly didn't attend the inauguration because he didn't think he lost. And I can't say it enough. Imagine had the government gone along with him. Imagine had we not had formidable people. We have heroes among us in this democracy, folks, people who did say no. And whether it's Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger being the only two Republicans on the committee, or whether it be these really, really honorable members of the Department of Justice we heard from today, or whether it was era former Speaker of the House of Arizona, Rusty Bowers, uh, whether it was uh, Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, whether it was his deputy, Gabe Sterling, there have been any number of people that were not going to put Donald John Trump before they put America. The America that actually the majority of people want to see succeed. That being said, we have seditionists in Congress. You might have heard my rant on my commentary, but the following Republican congressman asked for pardons, blanket pardons after January 6th. Let's say this one more time, folks. These names I'm about to read, name and names, as the old saying goes, ask for pardons. Now, you don't ask for pardons if you're innocent. You do get that, right? A pardon, you know, exculpates you, makes you free of guilt, exonerates you, sets you free. All the words. Here are the Republican congressmen who asked for pardons. They are Andy Biggs, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Mo Brooks, Matt Gates, Louis Gohmert, Paul Gosar, Jim Jordan, and Scott Perry. They are Andy Biggs, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Mo Brooks of Alabama, Matt Gates of Florida, Louis Gohmert of Texas, Paul Gossar of Arizona, Jim Jordan of Ohio, and Scott Perry. These are the these are the profiles in treachery. These are the profiles in deception. These are the profiles in sedition. These are the profiles in being fundamentally anti fundamentally anti-democratic. Why does this matter? And I don't mean legally, and I don't even mean the hearings. Why does it matter that these folks are so loud, but yet represent a minority of the people? Because the legislature in this country, for a long time, by the legislature, I mean Congress, right? Executive branch enforces the laws, the legislative branch makes the laws, which brings us to the judiciary, that being the Supreme Court and all of our courts interpret the laws ostensibly. But today, speaking of the will of the majority, the will of the majority was thwarted again. 
when the Supreme Court handed down a landmark decision reaffirming Heller, which said an individual has a right to own a handgun. This one struck down a New York law, which said you need to have proper cause in order to get a concealed weapon and carry it. So sort of a, a permit of such, but you had to appeal to the government for approval. That's been struck down as a violation of Second Amendment right. The majority opinion written by Clarence Thomas, 6-3, the usual suspects, reaffirmed that right. To be fair, the decision which is sweeping doesn't say states can't regulate or make, let's say, decisions about mental health or certain kinds of background checks. But it does say that the right to own a, a, a Second Amendment right to own a handgun supersedes all, and that shall not be infringed. Now, I believe you do have the right to own a handgun. I've said that on Dirty Monitor many times. But you don't have the right to own any handgun. And the Second Amendment, despite the writings of this current court, are not unlimited. Matter of fact, the late Antonin Scalia said in Heller, Heller versus District of Columbia, 2008, this is the case I'm referring to, that an absolute right does not, is not contained within the Second Amendment. Okay, just because you have a right to own a gun doesn't mean you have the right to do whatever you want and own any gun. You don't have a constitutional right, in my view, to own an AR-15. You know, machine guns have been outlawed since the 30s. There's a bipartisan Senate bill on gun safety reform that's going to pass. It's going to do a little bit toward um, red flag laws and money for mental mental illness and for law enforcement and stuff like that. doesn't really deal with guns per se, but it tries to sort of talk about, I guess you could call it the penumbral you know, the surrounding ideas as it relates to guns. But this decision by the court is very, very definitive. Again, 6-3 decision, the three liberals, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Breyer. Breyer, who is retiring at the end of this term, which is now officially over as of tomorrow, uh, to be replaced by uh, Associate Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson. Um, but it's worth noting that when a Gun law gets handed down, and boy, you can't make this stuff up because it's almost almost to the day, the one month anniversary of Uvalde, right? The tragic massacre we all we all have been witnessing and, and living with and grieving about. We have more restrictive laws in this country for smoking, driving, or opening a business. That's right. It is easier to go buy a gun in most places, certainly Texas, at eighteen years old. But not only Texas, many states. Um, without anything. You don't need a concealed carry permit. You don't need anything. And this court, in my view, and I think in many people's view, if you're, if you're not biased and you're not finding yourself tethered, in this case, to right-wing ideology, is not what the majority of Americans want. Hunters want laws, right? Rifle owners, sportsmen, People in the military, people in law enforcement know what a gun is. They're trained in it. They get it. They believe that there is a right to bear arms, but it is not an unlimited right. And it's not a right that, let's say, supersedes one's right to live without getting shot. We've talked about that before. 80% or more people want substantial gun safety reform, the current bill, which will pass will not address what the majority want, an assault weapons ban, you know, 
more substantial background checks, longer waiting periods, you know, all sorts of things. I mean, look at what it takes to get a driver's license in most states, in all states, but some states harder than others. And this is why all elections matter. Supporting common sense gun safety candidates helps save lives. And I do want to say that the the bill um, heroically put together by Chris Murphy of Connecticut, um, who was the representative at the time of Sandy Hook uh, in Newtown, Connecticut. So he has been obviously deeply affected by the murder of children, babies. Uh, He crafted this with 15 Republicans, believe it or not, including Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, um, 60, uh, 64 votes or 65 votes, rather, I think, um, to advance the bill on the floor. He did it, actually. Murphy, Chris Murphy, advanced this bill, worked on this bill with Kirsten Cinema, who's been a great obstructionist. She came on this. Manchin came together on this. And I'm only saying that not to give any senator, not to exalt anybody, though I think the world of Chris Murphy, I think he's an honorable public servant, but elections do matter. And we are in a place where because 101 million people aren't voting, and I say this all the time, we have what's called a counter-majoritarian government, meaning the majority is being countered by a minority that is thwarting things, common sense gun laws and things that people want, pragmatism right? Independence, largely. Independence, of which I consider myself, who helped Biden win, have been GOP-leaning in the past. And they are part of the majority that needs to help thwart this minority. They were McCain voters, in some cases Romney voters. They're Bob Dole voters from yesteryear. Um, GOP-educated, college-educated women uh, in the suburbs, not only women. They are pro-choice. They believe in gun safety, gun control, call it what you want. Right, they do believe in limited government, but they also believe in a social safety net. They believe the most vulnerable among us should be protected, as do I, as does the majority of the country. But they're capitalists, and they are revolted by the insurrection, by the Trump surrection. This is who. Are, you call them swing voters, but folks, these are the majority of people I've mentioned before in the latest Pew Research poll for the first time in its history of in the history of it doing its polling. Uh, more than half of the respondents have been have considered themselves independents. Why? Because they're dirty moderates. They might not have known that, but they are. And I'm not saying that because I'm hosting a show calling dirty moderates. I'm just saying that because we are complex, contradictory, nuanced people, creatures, life beings. We are sentient beings. We don't always make sense, but we might have a jumble of ideas that define us, not one thing or the other, but there are things that unite us. The majority of this country still believes America should have free and fair elections, which the insurrectionists and the Trump team and all the, all the Congress people seeking pardons didn't believe in because our democracy relies on our disagreement and on our debate. I can't say that enough. Supreme Court also handed down another devastating ruling if you care about individual rights. The irony being is the conservative court has allowed individual rights to be trampled on, right? They've allowed the government to make it harder in many instances. Today, Miranda versus Arizona is the famous 1966 case. Everybody knows it. You get arrested. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to to self-incriminate. You have the right not to incriminate yourself. You have a right to an attorney and a court of law, all of that. Okay. 
Um, they handed down a decision today that basically guts the intention of that, meaning that if you are arrested and a cop forgets to read you those basic rights, you have limited recourse in terms of how you can sue them, in terms of what you can go to the state for, you know, in, in, in terms of how you can how you can prosecute. And that's a big deal, folks. You know, that's that's a big deal. Cause, you know, that's 56 years old now, or whatever it is, or 54 years old, whatever it is. My point being, the gutting of that is a true encroachment on civil liberties. And I say this because the same court has read the gut right to own a gun as an individual right, as a form of liberty. I agree it is a form of liberty, but the majority, myself included, does not think it's an unlimited liberty. Here's what you can do. You have to vote and pay attention. Supreme Court justices are appointed by presidents. People elect their presidents. Those presidents also appointed judges all through, appoint judges all through the federal court system, all through it. All those judges, a lot of, most cases don't go to the Supreme Court, so people know that. They're decided, adjudicated at the federal level or local level or appellate level, but they don't have any power if you don't vote. And the judiciary, as envisioned by the framers, was one which judges would always be, quote unquote, kind of immune from politics, meaning that hasn't proven to be true, but because they serve life sentences at the Supreme Court, and many federal judges do, they don't have to be elected and reelected. They don't have to worry about the wrath of the voter. But when the wrath of the voter can't even be heard for the person who nominates them, for the presidential candidate who pushes them through, or the Senate, uh, the majority of the party of the Senate, the majority party, in this case, Mitch McConnell and the Republicans, it didn't let Obama fill Scalia's seats, Merrick Garland's seat, it went to Neil Gorsuch. Trump had one term, but he got three justices because Ginsburg died, right? And Anthony Kennedy, who ended up being a real stalwart of social liberalism, though he was appointed by Ronald Reagan, he wrote definitive opinions on abortion and famously in the Obergefell v. Hodges gay marriage decision, marriage equality decision, which made that the law of the land, which a court that doesn't recognize the civil liberties of its people, especially in America. Right? That's our basis. We're individuals, but we are protected. Those rights are guaranteed. They are ironclad because we're the government. We make them. The government doesn't make them. The government protects them, secures them, in some cases limits them uh, in a broader sense so that the general welfare, for lack of a better word, to borrow a word from the, the Constitution, makes sense and, 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 and endures. But those judges are there because people didn't vote and because now the majority of the people have to live with less Miranda rights, with less control and buying cigarettes, right, on guns, with probably tomorrow, I'm talking to you on a Thursday, guys, the end of Roe v. Wade. I do believe that will be the case. If I'm wrong, I'll correct it next week. But tomorrow, that decision should be handed down 10 a.m. Eastern time. So if you're listening to this, you probably already know the decision. That said, if you support, if your senator or representative didn't support the first gun safety laws in 30 years, are they going to still, you going to still vote for them? Are you going to vote for people that don't think January 6 matters? Are you going to vote for people 
that have voted against your right to choose? Are you going to vote for people who vote against LGBTQ rights? Are you going to help fix the problem or are you going to make it worse? That is, I believe, the trillion dollar question as a democracy that we have fought so hard for hangs in the balance. But guess what? That's not a question I can answer. That's only a question you can answer. The question is, do you want this experiment in self-government, the most successful up to this point the world has ever known, to spiral out of control? That's up to you. That's up to all of us. Folks, vote.org, vote.org. Make sure you register to vote and get it now. Do it now, friends, family. Help them volunteer already. Find out where your polling place is. Find out if you can vote by mail. Find out if you can just vote early. Whatever it takes, the 2022 elections are everything. You keep hearing that, but it's true. Look at what they tried to do on January 6th. It's a failed coup, but it was still an attempted one. Follow, subscribe, and share this show because if you are listening to Dirty Moderate, you are probably a dirty moderate or you want to be or you're seeking a new way of thinking about how to keep this democracy alive without succumbing to Republican ideas, Democratic ideas, or the like, but upholding American ideas. Folks, thank you for joining me. Thank you for being loyal listeners. Stay dirty, stay moderate, stay safe.